So we have some exciting news. Exciting news. This is um, the reaction when I told my mom this exciting news. This happened last Friday. So listen to this, everybody. Welcome to Generations MD, our podcast. My name is Stephanie Davis, and I'm joined here by my colleague, Dr. Sarah Davis, also known as my mother. Um, welcome, everybody. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Hope, hopefully, everyone had a lovely Thanksgiving. We, we sure did. Yes, <laughs> we did. We had a great time. Got the whole family together, and it was lovely. Yeah, we do a big whole thing for Thanksgiving. We had like 20 people. It's very overwhelming for my mom here, but she did a great job. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We did. It was, it's just a lovely, it's Thanksgiving's a great holiday. Don't have to worry about all the presents and all of that stuff, but it's just all about family and getting together and everybody helping out and cooking a big meal. And uh, it's just, it's, it's really great. It's always so chaotic every year in our household. I feel like nothing went too bad. Oh, except our oven didn't work. Yeah, we didn't have a working <laughs> oven. But we luckily had some good friends who let us use their oven. Their house was four minutes away from ours. So we just went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, taking a raw turkey over there, going back to check. And But, you know, that's just a little bit more adventure and makes for a good story. So we have some exciting news. Exciting news. This is um, the reaction when I told my mom this exciting news. This happened last Friday. So listen to this, everybody. Am I in bitterness is that uh, she told her dad before uh, before I knew. So yeah, I got into medical school. <laughs> so yes, I can finally um, officially say that I'm going to be a doctor. It's, uh, it, it is. It's, so now really this makes more sense calling it Generations MD podcast because we know for sure, for sure she's going to be a doctor. Yes. So very exciting. Um, I was actually toured a medical school on that Friday and I was driving back home from Houston and then I got the email at like 4 30 on Friday and I was driving in the car with my dad and I was like oh my goodness so then we waited to tell my mom until we got back <laughs> so we could see the reaction had to video it for the pod if you want to see the full video then look it up on TikTok generation someday it'll be it'll be there yeah so that I kind of want to just ask you like so you know so now this is bit this has been sitting with you for like oh a little over a week I mean how do you feel I feel so good. Like, I feel like a weight is just lifted on my, off my shoulder. Like, I just feel so much more relaxed. It feels it feels really good. I was scared that I was going to finally get the thing and then not feel satisfied because oh. I've been working for this for so long, so long. But 
I do. I feel satisfied. I des- I feel like I deserve it. I worked really hard to get here, and yeah. Did the work, paid off. It's very validating. Um, now, there may be some listeners who are in the application process and have not gotten good news. Because I, I experienced this a little bit before this happened to Stephanie, where I would see other people getting good news, and while I was so happy for those people, it's very hard not to feel like a little pang of jealousy um, when, you know, when you see that happening to somebody else because you just want it for you. If you're one of those people, you know, I just kind of want to validate your feelings on that. It's okay to, you know, be wanting that for yourself as well, even though you're happy for other people. But what would you, do you have any kind of words of uh, advice for people who are in that process? Um, Wait, I forgot. I have, I got a fortune cookie a couple weeks ago. (laughs) It said, uh, patience is the principal component of faith. And I have it on my, in my car, on my dashboard. Okay. <laughs> so you just kind of get in your car and you remember that. Yeah, no. I mean, like, so much easier said than done. It's not easy and it sucks and waiting sucks. And, um, yeah, there's nothing that you can do to make it better. I will remind people, though, that this is still very early in the process to be hearing these results. Most people have not. Most people in the cycle have not gotten an acceptance at this point in the year. So if you are somebody who is still waiting for those, those you know, for that to happen to you, please don't feel like you're behind or you know, like everybody else has gotten in except for me. Uh, there's still, there's still lots and lots of time. I mean, it's only, what is it? It's still, it's the end of November. I mean, people, people get accepted all the way up until like July. Yeah. So, but waiting is terrible and that is, I validate that it's awful. Yeah. Well, so now let me ask you is now, again, if if there's if no more acceptances come, that's perfectly fine. No complaints on any of that. But if you are lucky enough to get to choose, what factors are you going to use to decide where you would go to medical school? I everywhere that I applied and I interviewed, I would be very happy to go to. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, politically correct answer. <laughs> Uh, but not trying to be a politician here. I guess I location is big for me, so I guess that and just vicinity to home. So I did realize that I actually do want to be closer home. to That's home. That's me. That's where. Then, but I mean, and then just like I, I don't. I kind of would want to go to maybe a bigger school. Like so, I got into KU and it is like a pretty big school. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that. I don't feel like. I'm somebody who will get lost in the mix. I feel like I'm somebody who is able to kind of stand up for myself and use the resources that are provided to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I went to a big undergraduate and I was still able to utilize the resources of my professors and be able to get research and be able to go out of my way to like find the opportunities that I wanted and be able to utilize the opportunities that a big school gives you. And I think that people, some people that aren't necessarily like that and they kind of need to be handed those and more catered to and I don't necessarily think that I need that not that it wouldn't be helpful but yeah I guess I don't know you all end up in the same spot so yeah yeah (laughs) well so a couple of things that I was thinking about the fact that um okay so a lot of med schools don't do grades anymore but some still do is that correct yeah so that is something that goes into it so most schools are pass fail but some schools do like uh fail pass high pass and honors which basically just is equals a b c d but the thing is is that those aren't on a scale 
Oh, okay. okay. So you aren't graded based on other people. So like 100% of the class could get honors. Okay. So that makes it better. So you're not competing against people. So they're kind of like taking away that competitive nature of things. And, but I don't know. They try to argue that it you're not going to be affected if you just have passes because another school that just has pass failed, they'll also just have passes. But I don't know, if I was a residency person and I was looking at that, then I'd be like, okay, clearly they they got one high pass, but the rest are passed, so they were like barely making the cusp on all of that, rather than somebody else when you don't know if it was just pass or fail. Yeah. So I don't know. I, they're saying that it can only help you. It can't really hurt you. I don't know. I'm, when I get there, I'm just trying to pass, honestly. Yeah. So, C equals MD. So I don't really... I don't know. Just something that's going to make it less competitive would be helpful. And some schools specifically say that they don't rank. And when they send a dean's letter, then they don't rank. So that's the thing about those schools that have the honors and high pass and pass and fail. They say we have this and we don't rank. But some schools that actually have pass fail, they still do rank. Okay. So you still are competing against your classes. They just don't tell you. Oh, God. So, yeah, it's I don't know. But at the same time, I think that there's pros and cons to all of it. I now after talking to some of the schools that have the graded system, it does seem like it's a little bit better because now since they made step one pass fail, now everything is on step two. Mm -hmm. So rather than just having one score be your whole thing, then you can be like, hey, I got high pass. I got honors on these certain things so I can stand out more from all of those grades rather than just step two yeah just explaining that briefly that's those are these boards that you have to take step one you take at the end of your second year step two you take at the end of your third year uh, right at the end of third year yeah. yeah after you've done your major rotations but not like you you'll still have elective rotations during your fourth year but the kind of the big ones are all third year and so um it used to be that both of those things had uh, percentiles and ranks that, on how you did compared to everybody else in the country and now they've taken that away for step one um so that but i have heard that that if it's all pass fail that you have a whole lot riding on step two although i would say that if you don't plan on going into one of the really competitive specialties it's not you know it doesn't matter that much and at that point you would know what specialty you want to go into when you first start med school you don't know what you want to do and so you think well if I want to be an ophthalmologist I'm going to have to just you know study really hard and do really well all the time but by the time you get to the end of your third year and you don't want to be an ophthalmologist you could just you know kind of coast I guess I, the biggest factor when I'm looking at a medical school is I just don't want to go somewhat that's super cutthroat and I don't want to go somewhere that's really competitive and people are just trying to, again, what we talked about last time about pushing people down. Like I want to go to a school that has a good environment and I think all the schools that I've interviewed at have that. So I'm not too concerned about ending up somewhere like that. But just going back to the grade thing, I don't think that that is a great determinant on the culture of the school. Okay. So it's more of like the culture rather than whether or not they have grades. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I was going to ask you, there's a couple other factors, you know, or things like uh, 
cost of medical school. Yeah, and the so out-of-state versus in-state, when you get into the nitty-gritty of the in-state schools, it seems like a lot of those are pretty um, comparable. I mean, I hear people say that they look at the match rankings of different schools to help them decide which school would be a better fit. Do you look at... I feel like they all are either 90-plus. I don't think... Yeah, I mean, but sometimes it's going into certain specialties. specialties. I don't know. I think I'm going to do primary care. So I I mean, I think that's good. And I think that that's, I I see conversations where people are like, well, they match this many people into this thing. I'm like, well, yeah, but that's maybe just because they happen to have a program there that's really, you know, dedicated to neurosurgery. And that's why they had so many people go into neuro, so many people match into neurosurgery. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean that the whole medical school is a better medical school uh, just because they had that many people match into some of these highly competitive specialties. So, um, and again, all those statistics, it's, I just think you always have to take those things with a grain of salt. You know, sometimes they say, oh, I saw somebody say, well, this one had a bunch of people go into primary care. So that means, you know, they didn't, they couldn't match into the higher specialties. I was like, no, maybe they just had a real focus on primary care. And that's why people were going into that. So, um, I guess I did ask some people who are current med students what they wish they would have considered looking back, what something that their school has or doesn't have that they wish that they did or didn't have and like they didn't really think about that when looking at a medical school. And one thing that somebody said was um, MDME exams. So what, I don't know what that so is. So like schools can either do professor written exams or they can use like the US MLE exams. Oh. So like the shelf exams are exams that then prepare you for step one. Oh, so okay. as you're studying and as you're taking these tests, then you are studying for step one. So it's so you know, kind of like always studying like you're gonna be taking MCAT type questions through undergrad okay so there's pros and cons of that pros is that you're set you understand how this test is going to be written cons is that you can't see if you got your answers right or wrong oh yeah oh hmm so I mean to me I feel like the best thing there that there could be is a mix of that is some professor written and then some of those shelf exams and I can't remember if I said this before but the uh what they say is you study two months for step one, two weeks for step two, and bring a number two pencil to step three. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably different It's now. a little different because step two is now... <laughs> now it's a bigger it's deal. It's a bigger deal. Yeah. Step three you take after your internship, so after your first year of residency. And, you know, what are they going to do to you at that point? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, you just got to pass. Otherwise, I mean, nobody's going to kick you out of your residency program uh, for, like, not scoring high on that test. Just remember, number two pencil. Probably it's now. probably online now. <laughs> I don't even know if people know what a number two pencil is, but anyway, um, yeah. So so anyway, so it seems like obviously cost is a factor. So the city is a factor, and then kind of the general vibe, I would say, yeah. of the class makeup. Uh, you don't want to be with all gunners. You just want to be the only gunner there. No. In your medical education, is there anything that certain that you wish that the school had or you wish they did differently or... Yeah, and I don't have a lot to compare it to. Um, you know, unlike undergrad where then you, I don't know, you, you're talking with your friends about different things and you, of course you get to medical school and then you compare different people's undergrads. I don't really have anything to compare it to from other people who went to medical school other places. Like in residency though? 
I don't know. We weren't really chit-chatting in residency, I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't feel like, yeah, no, I did, thought that everything was pretty similar. Um, the only difference is I saw um, some people from different medical schools had had more exposure to, like, drawing blood and doing some of those you know, those skills, some people learned that more in medical school than other people did, but then everybody learns it once you get there. My only really complaint, I don't have any complaints about the first two years. I mean, it's just a bunch of book learning. I don't think that's really different in different places, but um, during the rotations, some of those could be really pretty toxic. Um, surgery in particular, I thought was very, very toxic. People were just, the the surgeons were just super mean and, you know, treated you like you were the gum on the bottom of their shoe, and I, I, which was just extremely unnecessary in my opinion. I don't know if it's like that everywhere or not, and I really, really hope that that is better now. But I mean, I, I still have, I still have kind of a lot of animosity towards some of those awful surgeons. And then I wrote in my, um, they asked for your review at the end, and I just shredded everybody, <laughs> and I signed my name to it. And then some of the surgeons told me that they actually talked about it afterwards, and I was like, wow, we've really pissed off some of these students, <laughs> in particular Sarah Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> But they seem to actually be concerned, which oh, is okay. nice. Yeah, I don't they, know that yeah. anything changed, but um, but actually, the I did. So you do a three month rotation. Usually, you do two months of general surgery and then one month of a specialty surgery. And so my specialty surgery was neurosurgery, and the neurosurgeons were actually the nicest people, which doesn't you know it seems like a little counterintuitive, but in all of and in my review I said except for the neurosurgeons blah 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 and then everything I said was like and this was terrible and this was terrible except for the neurosurgeons <laughs> so anyway that that was really my only complaint about those rotations is that you know especially in a really big medical center there's you have fellows, you have residents, you have other medical students and sometimes you just feel like you are at the bottom of the totem pole and so that's why some of these programs, if they if they are a little bit smaller program and if they're at more of the community hospitals, that sometimes can be a better experience for the medical student because yeah. it might be just be, well, like you had that experience with some of your shadowing where it was just you and, you know, and the attending walking around, seeing stuff together, which, I mean, I don't. Like, I would never get to talk to the attending. They're like the big boss. And then the, it's like it works its way down. The attending talks to the fellow who talks to the chief resident, who talks to the second year resident, who talks to the intern, who then talks to you as a medical student. And, I mean, I wasn't even in small clinics there. Like, yeah. I was in, like, big tertiary care hospitals. Yeah. So I don't I don't really know. And that is a good point on the sense of, like, like I did tour a big, massive school, and you have so many opportunities. But, yeah, I you are kind of at the end of the totem pole there. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I it know. just depends on how they do it, you know, or all those people with all those things. And, it, you know, there's just a lot of different factors. And that is what some people said, and I have asked students about that who go to bigger schools, is like, okay, do you feel like you're a small fish in a big pond? And they claim that since it's so big, then there are it, there is room for everybody. Yeah. But I don't know. So maybe... It's hard to maybe, fact check that. Yeah, true. Maybe I, um, I don't know, maybe a small school is better. Maybe I changed my mind. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, that's true. The, 
And, and, and that very well could be the case. I mean, if it's a big enough place, there is plenty of room for everybody. Uh, just like thinking back of my own experiences on our, like on our OB rotation, there weren't a lot of patients there, even though it was big tertiary care center. There weren't really enough OB patients for all of the different people that needed to get their training. So we had a lot of students kind of just sitting around and then we didn't get to catch as many babies as they did at other places. But I've heard it can be very, very different in other places where it's super busy. There's tons of babies being born. Just walk down the hall, catch a baby. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, that's uh, anyway, that's it. It's a fantastic position to be in to potentially get to choose, or maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Honestly, at the end of the day, I would be really content with any of the schools I interviewed at. Yeah, I I think there's a a lot of stuff that you just can't possibly know. Yeah, yeah. There's There's going to be pros and cons to every every place. That was the same thing with, like, choosing an undergrad is there's always pros and cons. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of don't know until you get the end, and then you're like, oh, that maybe would have been better, but I really liked all these things, and... It seems like a kind of pretentious conversation to be talking about, like, choosing a medical school. Just yeah, really because, like, I have to just delete this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, because, <laughs> like, I only got into one. But And that's what I've been telling people when I've been like, oh, like, I got into medical school. And some people get it. And they're like, oh, my goodness, that is amazing, like, awesome. Some people are like, oh, like, where are you going to go? Are you going to go there or somewhere else? And I'm like... I just, I got in. Right, right. You don't understand how, what a big deal this is. It's not like college where it's like, If you you want to get into a college, you can get into a college. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, even, even people who have just amazing statistics and, you know, everything under the sun and you'd think every single school will want this person and it just, nobody gets like 20 acceptances to medical school it yeah just it just happen. does not happen uh, you know somebody really fantastic if somebody got like four or five acceptances that would be just like in the 99th percentile i think yeah definitely <laughs> the big barrier is getting in that's and then after that all you do is you just get on the treadmill and you just do what they tell you to do Anybody who gets into medical school has the ability to pass all of these exams to do to do the work. I mean, they know that. There's there's just no question about that. Um, that's kind of why that process is so difficult or such a big barrier. Uh, once once you're there, you can do it. Obviously, you got to do the work, but you know you've already. Do you feel like it's got it got better like from undergrad to medical school? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, you know, the there is more work in the classes that you take, but I didn't I I, I didn't think that they were any harder than anything. In fact, some of them were not as hard as some of the classes I had in undergrad. You know, probably more information coming at you, but as long as you just keep up with it, lots of memorization in med school, which is you know not that hard to do and in med school you don't have to do a bunch of volunteer hours and all these other things this kind of changed because of the whole pass fail and the whole pass fail step one thing now you got to do a bunch of volunteer stuff you have to do research and you have to do this stuff in order to get residency placement yeah because now you can't you can't just do home beer brewing (laughs) (laughs) on her residency application one of her hobbies was home beer brewing and let me tell you every single place i interviewed asked me about that <laughs> so they, they you're applying to residency right now then maybe throw that take in up there. home beer brewing they loved it it was uh it involved a little chemistry and you had to use microbio kind of, yeah aseptic technique you don't want to get any of those wild yeast in there they'll change the flavor of your uh beer 
So yeah, home beer brewing. It's a great, it's a great hobby. Yeah, you can't just do that anymore. You got to do a bunch of other stuff. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, who has time for that? I don't know. Yeah. Somebody, I saw something that said you weren't allowed to have a job during med school. That's what somebody claimed on some sort of Facebook forum that I was on. I caught her on Student Doctor Network. I just got on there briefly, very, very I looked briefly. over at her laptop, and there she is, checking to see who got accepted to certain places. I was like, Mom, you're one of those people. It's like, I don't know if any parents out there got on College Confidential yes. when their kids were applying. Uh, that takes you down a dark rabbit hole. You should never, ever look at those things, because they always there's always some post about somebody who was like the valedictorian of this prestigious high school and had a perfect SAT and like didn't get into any of the schools that they wanted and then you're just like oh my god everything's gonna be terrible so yeah don't don't do it and stay off reddit and if you're prepping for the MCAT right now reddit can have a couple of helpful things and like the memes are funny but Other than that, stay off Reddit, stay off Reddit, because you're going to be see so many people on there that, it, and they could be lying, okay? They could totally be lying. They'll be like, I, this was my study schedule. I studied for three weeks and I got a 528. Like, this is how I did it. And they're lying. They're lying. They're lying. Yeah. <laughs> it's not true. Like, don't. And then you kind of get in your head. There's only the people who post that got the super high scores and the people who got the super low scores. And there's no one who just said that they're somewhere in the middle. Like, don't, just don't look at it. Just don't do it, man. Stay off of there. Uh, That'll just drag you down. But yeah, I think all of those, all those things you think, you get on there because you think it's going to make you feel better or you're going to get some useful information. And sometimes you do. I only checked Student Doctor Network because I wanted to see, like, if certain schools had released acceptances yet. Uh, because I'm certainly not, I, at that time, I wasn't gonna ask Stephanie, you know, you can't ever ask your, you know, your kid, oh, have you heard from this school? Obviously they're gonna let you know if they've heard from that school, but I just wanted to see if anybody had, and you know, word was nobody else had heard either, so. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I mean like, after, I don't have to worry about, I like, that just constantly checking your email whenever it rings and all of that, just like Oof. that anxiety, it I don't feel it anymore. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Nice, yeah. nice. Are you sleeping better? Yes, I am. Except I've been having really bad nightmares the past two nights. Oh no! I've nice. been. I woke myself up the other day because I I woke up and I was like, "This is ridiculous." And you said that out loud, and it woke me up. <laughs> Do you know what you thought was ridiculous? I don't know. You were probably doing something. I was mean. probably. I'm always doing something mean in all of your dreams for some reason. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't really know. I use all my meanness in your dreams. Yeah. Um. Oh, okay, wait. I do have one more question back to this. Okay. (laughs) I read somewhere. (laughs) Student doctor network. So, in general, once you've submitted all your applications and you're waiting to hear if you get an interview somewhere, you're not supposed to, like, contact them again and say, oh, I have some updates because they don't really want to hear from you like they're Wait, contact who the school like that you the, got the, into no 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 oh. the, these are schools that you haven't gotten an interview from oh, okay. yet oh. um like so they have all your stuff and they haven't they haven't invited you for an interview but they haven't rejected you you're just kind of like in you know maybe still in the pool maybe they're still going to offer you an interview you don't really know and i've you know most 
the conventional wisdom seems to be like, well, don't pester them. But I saw this one person who said that their kid did send out like an update of what they had been doing during their gap year or whatever, and that then they actually got some interviews after doing that. What are your thoughts on that? And would you consider contacting any of those schools? I've uploaded an, an update. Oh, you have. Because... Because I got a study published after I had submitted my oh, application. Okay. So I feel like that was valid. That's it's valid. like, yeah. I have another publication. Here you go. I don't know if any of the schools that I sent that update to ended up giving me an interview. Maybe they did, but I don't think I would have not gotten an interview anyway. Right. I don't think, I don't think it makes a difference either way. I think it won't hurt. Don't do it more than once. Okay. That's what I would say, like, and don't email them. Just there's a there's a tab on your application that you can make updates. Okay. And if you have, like, a valid thing, like a publication or you've been volunteering somewhere for a couple months or, like, something, I don't think it would hurt to be like, hi, here is this. I'm sharing this information because of my genuine interest in your school. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that wouldn't hurt you but if you're constantly spamming them then yeah that's you don't bad. you don't want to be pestering them but um I'm just thinking of like a person who maybe didn't have a lot of clinical hours and they or they feel like that was maybe the weakest link of their application and that they want to like upload something and say hey now I have all these clinical hours like maybe that would make the difference for them to get an interview I sent my publication for my because I didn't update it before I interviewed at KU but then after my they said, if you have updates to your application, please email us after your interview. And I sent them an email and I was like, just a thank you for interviewing, whatever. And here's one update that I have. And that was my publication. Huh? Then I got in. So Then she got in. So, okay. <laughs> Correlation <laughs> equals causation. <laughs> right. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. So I got this burn during Thanksgiving. Um, and it made me think about in like fifth grade, I had to do this presentation with a group and they gave us like a case and then they made us like use the internet and try to solve it and we had burn it was something about a third degree burn and then you and like some other doctors came in as we like presented our case and you had we were invited yeah (laughs) and you had to like grade us do you remember this we didn't actually grade you we just gave a little bit of feedback i remember you guys were like kind of harsh though I was not harsh. No, I remember you, like, I was like, oh my God, my mom is grading me, like, ah, and you were, like, kind of, like, intense about it. <laughs> I think your memory is, uh... Did you give me a bad you. grade? I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah, I failed you. Oh. Um, <laughs> I failed the fourth grade because of you. fourth grade. The, um, yeah, it was in that, it was in your science class. Yeah. And, uh, the... Yeah, the teacher had invited several of us doctors to come. And, um, and well, the main reason she wanted us there was to ask questions. So you guys, like, presented oh, yeah, your yeah, case, yeah. and then we asked questions. There, one time you guys ended up doing, like, a whole drama. Like, there was, like, you, you did, like, a play. Oh, I think and... we had to act out some sort of something. Yeah, yeah, it was like you were somebody was burned, and then they died, and then you were, like, acting out some sort of funeral scene. Oh. It got really, it got really out of hand. I think the teacher had to be like, okay, it's time to wrap this up. Wait, now it's kind of coming back to me uh-huh, a little bit. Uh-huh. And I think we got called out. It was a little bit inappropriate. Yeah. I, I, I'm just speculating that you might have been the driving force <laughs> behind that whole thing. 
It's like, yeah, I probably put more effort into just the drama of the, the drama whole thing. That kind of got away from, like, the treatment of the burn yeah. and, uh, and all of that. But it, I remember this one kid, this wasn't your year. It was a different year. And he... That oh the, he had like they had like stroke or something and then we said well you know what are some of the causes of stroke and he rattled off all the causes of stroke and then he said something about high blood pressure and so then we asked him a question about high blood pressure and he was like oh yes high blood pressure is known as the silent killer <laughs> and he went on I mean I was like oh my god you I, I was like you know more than like ninety nine percent of my patients about this it was it, it was really impressive um but yeah the, the I went on to be a doctor in this kid I don't know <laughs> what happened to that kid I don't know we have to we have to find out bring him on the pod yeah <laughs> maybe he peaked too early yeah maybe yeah see I was on the up <laughs> yeah you were on the up kept going up um hopefully you're still headed up yeah who knows we need some listener questions yeah, we do need some listener questions. So, um, you know, send us your questions so that we can we can answer them. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, and congratulations to Stephanie. Woo! Bye. Bye. Bye.